passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, so let's do some overreactions. This is my favorite part. I love when you go on Twitter and um, or social media in general, whether it's Facebook and you're in the Ravens Nation page or it's Twitter and you see mm-hmm. people talking about the game and everybody wants this person fired. Everybody wants this. The Ravens are terrible. This offense stinks. What's going on here? So I want to do the same thing. I want to overreact to Cordell. Since everybody else can overreact, let's do it ourselves. What overreactions do you have for week one against the New York Jets? I'm going to say that this Ravens defense will finish as a top three ranked Top three, not top ten, not top five, not top seven, but top I can't say the first. Place. Yeah, I can't say the first just yet. Okay. I'll, I'll save that overreaction, but I do believe I, I'll say that this team could be a top three defense. I mean, you look at the secondary, they've got they've got the guys to be able to be the best secondary in the league. You look at this defensive front, I don't think Sunday was a fluke. I really don't believe Sunday was a fluke. I, I'm not saying that I believe that Matt Abike is going to turn into the new Aaron Donald, but I don't think that what we saw Sunday is out the round to see it. I don't think it's out the round to see it again. Um, I, you know I've been saying. I, I'm, this is an overreaction, but you know what I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, I feel like there's so many good parts about this defense that mm. we still haven't seen yet. Travis Jones right. is yet to, to make right. an appearance. Um, and I think that he could be a good dominant player. Again, we talked about Marcus Peters. He is yet to make an appearance. Um, and we know that he's one of the pulses of that secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, we still, you know, hey, man, Chuck Clark, he wants y'all to know don't, <laughs> he don't care about who got drafted. Kyle right. who? He's going to be out there making plays, man, because he wants y'all to know that um, y'all made a mistake in trying to draft somebody that's going to replace me. I'm going to be hard to replace, and I love that about him. 
Oh yeah, I was happy with Chuck not giving his spot away uh, a Absolutely. while back. I was, I was glad he showed up, but you're right. It's it's a lot of people on the way back. Uh, Tyus Bowser on the yes. way back as well that's going to help this defense. Kyle Hamilton hasn't even really, you know, impacted this defense fully yet. I, you know, I think once he gets in a rhythm and he really starts tapping into his potential. I think he's going to be another reason why this defense is going to be legit this year. So, yeah, I'm I'm saying that the Ravens defense is going to finish top three. Um, and definitely that's with room for them to finish in the first, you know, as the, uh, the highest ranked defense in the league. It would not surprise me. This defense looks like they're going to be one that gets after it. Uh, Mike McDonald just looks in control out there. He he has a lot of his disposal, a lot of weapons, and a lot of chess pieces that he can use in a multitude of different ways yeah. that I think is going to be tough on offensive coordinators to kind of pick up on what exactly the Ravens are, do are doing because nobody is going to have, I think, just one designated role. Everybody can do a ton of different things. Yeah, and then also, like you mentioned, Tyus, um, Naka, look, I am not a big um, proponent of having David Ajabo come back, but if he somehow does make the field this year, whether it be late in the season, whether it be, you know, if they're making a playoff run, they make the playoffs and he has a playoff appearance. That's another piece to this mm -hmm. puzzle that can add to what you're saying in terms of being a top defense. I, I, I love the potential um, for this team. I think that we have to acknowledge the fact that Queen looks focused, that he looks like he's on an ascension of sorts to, to be a, a different player, to be the first round draft pick that we expected him to be. And sometimes it's slow. Sometimes players are a little slow getting there, right? Um, you know, everybody doesn't come off right away, you know, off to the races when they when they make it to the league. It's a, it's a transition. And then we remember last year that um, Patrick Queen got moved to a different position, which he actually played well better when he was moved to that position. So that's helpful mm -hmm. um, as well. But, yeah, I, I, you know, that is an overreaction. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it, what's crazy is it's not like – It's realistic. It's a realistic overreaction. Like, yeah. I can see at the very least, right, if this team can stay healthy, for, especially from a defensive standpoint, they can absolutely be, uh, absolutely be in the top 10 conversation. Where mm -hmm. they are in the top 10 is up to them for this to decide. But I definitely think that that is uh, what it's, it's going to be. So there's that. I, I'm going to overreact here, and I'm going to say – um, that Devin Duvernay will somehow uh, lead this team in touchdowns. I mean, he's Ooh. already started. Yeah, he's already started. Right, two to one yeah. <laughs> between him and Rashawn Bateman. Right, Duvernay is a dude that I felt like um, we really kind of put him in. We knew that he could be a, a contributor on offense, but we put him in the special teams category because he's an All Pro in special mm -hmm. teams, and I think that's a fair assessment, right? But what if he comes in in red zone opportunities and red zone, like, or, or in, anything inside the 30? He's a I beast. Mean, I mean, he got a red zone. Was I, I, I think that that might've been in the red zone. His second touchdown. The yeah, I feel like, the end zone. Oh, very close. If yeah, not, it was very close. Definitely close. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he, he's a guy, he's a guy that can definitely get open. 
Uh, he's got the speed. Yeah, that was that was a 17 yard touchdown. Yeah, so see, def- definitely was in the red zone. He's got the speed to do it. And I'll admit, I thought Demarcus Robinson was going to eat into Devin Duvernay's uh snaps and take take some of his reps. I should have known because the Ravens are creatures of habit. The Ravens do a lot of the same things over and over again. And yes. we let you know, it, all you got to do is look back in the history and you'll know exactly what their next move is going to be with some of these guys. And I should have known they were going to find a, yet another way to keep James Prochet off the field. As of good course. as he looks throughout training camp, it doesn't matter. He just, he just can't get on the field when the games count. And yep. He had the lowest snap count of any of the receivers uh, for the Ravens this past week. And you had Devin Duvernay and Demarcus Robinson being your your two and three guys uh, on the field as far as receivers. So, yeah, Duvernay definitely he, – he's got great ball skills. You know, yes. he can definitely go get it. He may not be wide open. That's my main issue is I, I want to see him become a better route runner. I think he's got enough speed and quickness to run away from defenders, but it's just about being able to get that type of separation through your route running. That's what I think he needs to add. If he had James Prochet's route running ability, oh, Duvernay would be a beast. He'd be a beast because he could catch the ball. He's got great hands. He's got great concentration to be able to go make some tough catches. Uh, It's just a matter of him being able to make it a little easier on himself, I think. But yeah, I, I actually like that one. That's 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 not a bad one at all because obviously, you, you know, you don't expect Mark Andrews to necessarily only have five catches for what fifty four yards or whatever, fifty seven yards or whatever he had uh, as often throughout the year. So right. eventually, Andrews is going to pick up. Um, even Bateman, I mean, he had the one touchdown, but Bateman only had two catches in the game. Right. You know, and, so. and we know that they tried. They tried the same the, the, the touchdown that he did have. They tried the same play earlier. Right. And he was right. unable to get to the ball. I mean, so mm-hmm. look, he was possibly there. Um, but yeah, I, I I just think that it's a perfect setup, right? Like, look, I know we love Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is a beast, obviously. It, it but but everybody's going to be on Mark Andrews. Everybody's going right. to, to to try to double Mark Andrews and make it and, and probably give everybody one-on-one. Duvernay is a guy that, you know, look, people are going to be checking for Bateman. They're going to be checking probably for Demarcus Robinson. And Duvernay is just going to be a guy that's going to be out there available. And and I think that if that's the case, you got to give it to the guy that's available. And I just think in more cases than not, that's going to be him, number 13. So my overreaction is definitely going to be him getting more touchdowns than Mark Andrews, him getting more touchdowns than Rashad Bateman, uh, you know, and and that's going to be. I'll also give you another overreaction. I still okay. think that this team ends up top five offense. Mm. I do. And, top you know, in the past, offense. in the past, they have, listen, I think they ended sixth last year yeah. in total uh, yards possibly uh and mind you this is a whole you know they missed games without lamar jackson and there was a time where they had you know nine quarters without an offensive touchdown yet they still ended the season top 10 uh in total yards so with the healthy lamar even though we complain about this wide receiving group in terms of um, there's not enough of them in terms of impact players and such, I'm going to still predict that they in top five 
because at the end of the day, they still have number eight behind center. And that's the most important thing with, with these guys that we don't really know. Well, you and I know, and Ravens right. a lot know, but outside of Baltimore city, many people don't know. I'm going to roll with that. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, that's not a bad one. I'll actually kind of, my, my next overreaction will kind of be a little bit of a contradiction to that. Uh, because I think, I'll say my overreaction is Lamar. And this is, and maybe, I don't know if this will be a crazy overreaction to you, but Lamar, so many plays the whole season, will finish with under a thousand yards rushing. And you would normally, you would expect Lamar to to get that, to get that thousand yards if he's going to play uh, the full year. But I don't know if Lamar is going to be the big time runner that we, I think he'll have his games that he goes out there and, you know, has to do a little more running than not. But I wouldn't be surprised if what we saw Sunday is kind of Lamar's approach going into this year is wanting to at least minimize the hits to a degree. It may be certain types of quarterbacks that he may decide to that, you know, I know he talks about how he just, he's his own person, but you got to learn from somebody. Yep. You know, and and I think he's going to look at some of the quarterbacks, some of the other mobile quarterbacks, maybe in the past that got to the point to where, OK, I can run really whenever I want to. But I got to beat these guys from from with my arm. Let me let me let me do that. And really, it it helps me because it takes away some of the punishment I'm taking right now, especially in his contract year mm-hmm. right now. You know, his contract situation, he, he may be like, look, I'm not about to be this Superman Lamar that I've been in the past where I'm risking it all on every play. I'm going to be a little more decisive with when I decide to do that. And I had a caller on my show call in and say something similar to that the other day, and I kind of dismissed it. Like, And I don't think he's on the field, like making business decisions in the middle of a play. I don't think it's like he sees a crease and he's like, ah, no, I'm not going to take that one because, you know, they got me on discount right now. You don't get that version of Lamar. Like, I don't think that's what he's out there doing on the fly, but I do think it's maybe changing. It's affecting his approach, so to speak, and how he goes about each game and whether he wants to do now come playoff time or come when they really need the games or they really need this first down or this touchdown. Yeah. He'll pull it out his bag, you know, but if we're talking about, you know, first quarter, second and six, am I going to just try to take it and go like I normally would? Nope. Nah, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to make it work. I want to, you know, you know, and I noticed this in the Jets game as well. Um, He's, he chucked down. He was checking mm-hmm. down. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the past, that is something Lamar would have tr- probably tried to do himself, which is run, you know, get the first down yards himself. Um, but he did check down to the running back, which is something that I was very critical of for him in the past. Yeah. Um, but I think that this year he is not trying to force it. Mm-hmm. And just look, take what's available. And sometimes what's available is the running back in the flat. And he at least has been doing that. And so I agree. I I, I think that he might not get a thousand yards because I, I think Lamar wants to evolve his quarterback game. And that means, you know, more staying in the pocket, less running, running when you have to, like absolutely right. have to, like we saw him run uh, for that first down in the Jets right. game, but not right. running like, you know, 
because or whatever. Even on the read options, he it's not like he was keeping a lot of Lamar. Usually, I mean, last year Lamar was keeping that thing pretty much every time. Yep. <laughs> he was not handing it off. Yep. And it, it just seemed like Sunday he was just like, here you go. Here, yep. here you go pretty much every time. So uh, I think he was more probably going to try to keep it on that fourth down that Harbs called timeout on. But other than that, I, I don't I don't really recall him keeping it too many times on the read option. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think that that's just kind of where it goes. And I, I'm excited to see him, you know, continue to grow as a quarterback. I know that, you know, this is year five for him. It doesn't mean that he is incapable of, of evolving. I think that he absolutely continues to work on his craft mm-hmm. and be better. And so I would not be surprised if your overreaction is actually true and that somehow he finds a way to um, be – more of a prolific passer and less right. of a prolific runner. That would be- I wouldn't be surprised though if he does go has a nice running day against the uh the Dolphins because they've got okay. a little they got a little more to work with. Um they they blitz we remember how much they blitzed him last time so it could be a lot of getting the ball out of his hands quick but it could also be him just borderline running for his life <laughs> out there right. uh, at times. So I, I think he, the, the the carries that go up this week out of necessity, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if what we saw in the Jets game is kind of more of the usual this year. Yes, I, I completely agree. All right. That makes enough for today's episode of Winning Drive. We will be yeah. back on Friday with more content to give you uh, and we'll be talking about the Miami Dolphins a little bit more mm-hmm. game planning from an offensive perspective and defense as well and what to look forward to maybe we'll have Thank some you. more clarity on some of these these injury statuses too uh by the time we get to Friday you yes. know we've been a couple practices under our belt we'll see we'll see who's trending in the right direction and who's not absolutely thank you so much everyone for listening this is winning Drive.